Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. Here we are. This morning's message is called Be Strong in the Lord. You can open your Bibles to Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Up on the screen here is a picture of me back in my weightlifting days, my Olympic days. I'm not joking, that's me. Oh yeah, I've changed. We all change, right? You guys have changed from 20 years ago, right? (laughs) Just joking. But you can see this guy, he's pretty strong, I'm sure. So Ephesians 6, Father, as we open up your word this morning, God, we need you. Father, I pray that the anointing God that is upon your word already would just do the work that you've called it to do, Father. I thank you that your word says it will not go forth in vain, but it will do what you've called it to do. It's going to perform great things this morning. And I thank you, God, that we can look to your word and we can be strengthened. We can be strengthened in our faith. We can be strengthened this morning in our walk with you, Lord. So, Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is here to minister to those, Lord, who have open hearts to receive from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians 6, we'll start reading that chapter, uh, verse 10, excuse me. Very familiar scripture here. Paul says, Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, But we wrestle against principalities and against powers and against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Finally, my brothers, he says, be strong in the Lord. Notice he doesn't say, be strong in your body. He doesn't say, be strong in your mind. Make sure you're strong in all the theology that you know. All your education. Make sure you're really strong. Make sure you know all the stuff. All the right lingo. He doesn't say, be strong in your mind. He doesn't say, be strong in your emotions. He doesn't say, be strong in anything else. He says, be strong in the Lord. Don't rely upon your own strength because when you, this world, right, as this fella up here on the picture here, right, when they think of the word strong, I'm strong, they think right away of that you are a muscle-bound man or woman. You are strong. You can take on a lion. You are strong. You can lift a certain amount of pounds. You're stronger than some people. Right? But you can be so strong physically, you can be so strong mentally, you can be so strong emotionally in all these different ways, you can know a lot of things, you can have a lot of strengths, but yet still be very weak in the Lord. And God's desire for you, if you call yourself a Christian, if you love Jesus Christ, His desire for you is that you would be strong in Him. What does that mean? That means that your faith, your faith, because the only, you, the only way to be strong in the Lord is, is by faith, right? Because right? we don't see God with our eyes. We, don't, we can't just you know, go you know, 
partner up with Him and then we're strong because we have physical Jesus walking with us. But if we can believe that God is with us, if we can believe that what His Word says is true, if we can believe that He is faithful to perform that which He promised, then that makes us stronger. Because as we go from faith to faith, we become strong in the Lord. Amen? He says, why? Why do we need to be strong? Because our fight isn't against people. Our warfare is not against the people, right? And we've all experienced some spiritual warfare. If you're a Christian, you will experience spiritual warfare. If you're not, you need to question or not whether you're saved or not. Because as soon as you become a follower of Jesus Christ, the enemy is coming at you to bring you down, to take you out, to discourage you. And that's spiritual warfare. He says you must be strong in the Lord because you're wrestling demons. You're wrestling the powers of hell. That's what you're wrestling against. And many of you know that within the last year or so, this church has wrestled many demons. This church has wrestled a lot in the spiritual darkness realm. Amen? And so if we weren't strong in our faith in Christ, if we weren't strong in knowing that God called us here, we would have fallen. We would have given up. But our strength was in God, not in ourselves. We are weak in ourselves. Paul says, when I'm weak, I am made strong. Why? Because of the Lord. Because of the Spirit of God within us. And that's why we need to be strong. Because we're really fighting demons of hell and the powers of darkness. When you're tempted by something, when you're discouraged by something, it is not coming from God. It is coming from hell. And you need to be strong in your faith and in God's Word to fight against it. What does he say? He goes on so that you can stand. So you can stand firm in your faith. You need to be strong so you can stand when all hell is coming at you. And that's why we need to be strong in the Lord, especially in these last days. Especially with the way the world is going. The world is falling apart and many so-called Christians are falling right with it. Many churches are letting just the world come in and just they're not, there's no more holiness. We had comments uh, months ago, we had comments spoken to Pastor Mike and I about our preaching and the comment was, you are holiness preachers. Like that was a bad thing. Right? What, else, what else do we preach? Tell me. What else can we preach as Christians? Should we not preach holiness? Should we not preach that we're to be holy and, and the Bible says, you know, come apart from the world? Is, is that true? Right? Right? So why, what, are we to be unholiness preachers? Ungodly preachers? Right? It, it, it goes to show you where Christians are at. And that, those, those are comments from Christians. Long, long-term Christians. It doesn't make any sense because many people are not finding strength in the Lord. They, all they go by is their feelings, their emotions, and what they see with their eyes. And God says, no, don't do that. Don't do that. 1 John chapter 2, verse 14. Listen to this scripture. It says, I have written to you, fathers, because you known him who's from the beginning. Listen to this part. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. And the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, young men, because you are strong. How are you strong? How are you strong, young man? How are you strong, young woman? How are you strong, Christian? How is it? The Bible says, because you have the word of the Lord in you. And when you have the word of the Lord in you, then you can overcome the wicked one. Amen? This is actually a scripture that Pastor Mike spoke into Nathan's life at his little um, uh, a manly get-together before uh, the week before he got married. And Pastor Mike spoke into him. He, says, he said to Nathan, he said, You are strong, young men, because the word of the Lord lives in you and because you have overcome the wicked one. 
That's powerful. That's how right there. That's how we overcome the wicked one. That's how we rise up in strength. That's how you and I are strong in the Lord. Is when we have God's Word living within us. Not knowing God's Word. Not having a Bible, but having it living within us and letting it live through us and walking it out by faith. Then you are strong in the Lord and then you will overcome all the powers of hell. That's the Word of God this morning. How did Jesus overcome His temptation in the wilderness? Remember? He was, he was fasting 40 days and, 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 and the enemy came and, and Satan tempted Him. How did He overcome it? How did He rise up in strength? Because he was God, but He was fully man as well. And how He did it was with the Scripture. Every time that He was tempted. Think about that. Jesus was tempted. He was tempted. He was tempted. He wanted to turn those stones into bread. Why? Because he was hungry. He was tempted to do it. But he overcame his temptation and the devil with the word of God. He said, no, the scripture says this. The scripture says this. You need it or you will fall. You will be weak and you will fall in this life if you don't have the word of God. You don't have time to say, let me go get my Bible and see what it says. He'll get you before then. You must have God's word living inside you all the time. Amen? Then you will overcome him every time. You will. Think about Moses and Joshua. Back in Deuteronomy, 30, uh, De Deuteronomy chapter 31, Moses calls Joshua. Moses is getting old. Okay? He's about to die. The Bible says he was like 120 years old at this time. And in Deuteronomy chapter 31, he calls Moses and all the, all the people, all the Israelites. And he, and he says, come here, come here. And he says to Joshua, he says, Joshua... It's all coming on your shoulders now. This is Moses talking to Joshua. Soon I'm going to die. You're going to be the next leader. You're the next one in charge. You must... What does he say? You better, you better you know, uh, get these things in order. You better make sure finances are coming in. You better know all these things. You better make sure you know all the Israelites' names. He says no. The first thing that Moses says to him when he's going to say, you're next in line. You're the next leader. He says, Joshua, be strong in the Lord. And then over in Joshua chapter 1, and a few chapters later in the next book, Joshua chapter 1, Joshua knows he's the next leader in line. He's heard from Moses that he must be strong of, of, because of what he's going to come against. He must be strong in the Lord. And then in Joshua chapter 1, God comes to him and God speaks to Joshua. And he says, Joshua, I've ordained you to take on this, uh, this responsibility from Moses. And then God reassures what Moses already said. God says in, jo in jo Joshua 1, three times, in the first nine verses. He says, be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous. He says, be strong, Joshua, because the things that you're going to come up against, they're going to be too much for you if you're not strong. So he heard it from Moses. And then it was confirmed to him by the, by the Holy Spirit and the voice of God. You must be strong. The first thing he says to him, and then in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, God says to him, now listen, I've told you be strong and very courageous. He says, in verse 8 it says, make sure you meditate on this word. Meditate on the law, the word of God, day and night. Speak it, meditate on it, think about it, live it. He says, and then you will have success. The word of God. The word of God. It's in the New Testament, it's in the Old Testament. It's the word of God that gives us strength, how we can be strong in the Lord. And then in Joshua chapter uh, 10, verse 25, you find Joshua 
taking what he's heard from Moses in Deuteronomy, taking what he's heard from God in Joshua 1, and then in Joshua 10, you see Joshua telling all the Israelites, listen to me, the most important thing in your life right now because of what's ahead is to be strong in the Lord. Isn't that amazing? He heard it from Moses, his great leader. He heard it from God, confirmation from Moses. And then he himself is speaking it. And that's what we're here to do this morning. I'm here to stand up here to say that God has spoken. God has spoken to the leadership of this church to tell you be strong in these last days. In the days that we're living in now, be strong in the Lord. Don't focus on nothing else, but get the word of God in you. And then you will rise up in such strength you know not of. And you'll overcome the wicked one and all the things that are coming ahead. Because things are not going to get better. Things are going to get worse until Jesus Christ comes back. Do you know that? We must be strong in the Lord. We must be strong in the Lord. I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Samuel, please. 1 Samuel 30. Go left. 1 Samuel chapter 30. We find here the story of David, 1 Samuel 30. We'll read a verse 1. Now it happened when David and his men, David was at war, and now he's going back home to where he lived at a place called Ziklag. David and his army came to Ziklag, his home, on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, and burned it with fire. And the Amalekites had taken captive the women and those who were there, from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but they carried them away and went their way. We'll stop there. So David comes home and he sees the enemy has burned down all their homes and has taken all their wives of his, him and his army and all their children. They're not dead, but everything is gone. Okay, think about that. They come home, they see that. Verse 3. So David and his men came to the city and there it was, burned with fire and their wives, their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam uh, uh, and the, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, you can imagine. For the people spoke, his people, his very own men, spoke of stoning him to death because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David, what? David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring me the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord. He prayed. He got on his knees saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And God answered him, pursue them for you shall overtake them. And without fail, you will recover all. Okay? David comes home. Everything's taken. His homes are destroyed. His men, 600 men behind him. He is the leader of 600 men. They are angry. They are furious. They start weeping. You can, of course they're weeping. They're crying. Our, our wives, our children, where are they? Our homes, all of our belongings, they're gone. And all of his men start talking to each other. This, this man has failed us. This leader has let us down. Let's kill him. They were talking of killing David. What does David do? 
Does he pull out a sword and say, bring it on? He has no choice. There is no other option for David at this time but to rise up in strength in him, strengthening himself in the Lord. He has no other option. And he says, hold on, guys. I know you're enraged. I, I'm enraged myself. I don't know what to do here. I need a moment. And he would get aside by himself. And he would fall on his knees. And as he's praying, he's rising up in strength in God. And he stands up and he says, God spoke to me. He said, we're going to go. We're going to find our wives. We're going to get our things back. And the Bible says that they went because God said, go. And they recovered everything back. What do you do when you're out of situation? What are you supposed to do when you come into a circumstance in your life where there's nothing to do? There's nothing that you can do. People are furious with you. Money's tight. Everything just seems to be against you. What do you do? You inquire of the Lord. You get in your word. You get on your knees and by faith, you strengthen yourself. You say that if God is before me, who can be against me? You say my God is greater in me than the devil in this world. That's what you say. And as you quote scripture, and as you inquire of God, as you ask the Lord what to do, He will tell you what to do, and you will come up strong. Amen? Amen? Wow. You'll come up strong in the Lord. Psalm 18, 32, it says, It is God. It is God who arms me with strength. It is God who makes my way perfect. Do you know that? God's the one who gives you strength. Not people, not doctors, not, not, not education, nothing. Not a better job. Nothing gives you strength. But as a Christian, God is the one who gives you strength. And as He gives you strength, He will make your way perfect. Not easy, but perfect. Amen? Psalm 27.1 The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my whole life. Is He? Is He? Psalm 29, 11, The Lord will give strength to His people. The Lord will give strength to His people. It's God who gives us strength. I'm telling you, even during great victories, even during times where things are going great, do you know that we still need God more than ever? Right? This church has been blessed, some of you know, with a great amount of financial, uh, great financial blessing, which we needed and we prayed for. And on the last day, we knew we had no money to pay bills. We knew we didn't have nothing. I'm telling you, God came through huge, huge for this church because He's faithful. We knew He would. But let me tell you, just because of that, we need God more than ever still. We don't rely upon money. We don't rely upon victories. Even in great times in your life, even when God is so clear to you, even when you're having like a mountaintop experience and God shows Himself to you, you are just in much of need of God in that moment as you are when you're walking through the valley. Do you know that? Do you know that? Remember Elijah? Elijah, a man of God. There was a famine in the land, and, 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 and God says, go to the, to the brook at Sherath. And, and, and he says, I, by faith, you need to trust me here. He's like, there was no food, there's no water. And he, he brought birds, birds brought him meat and bread, and, and he drank water, right? By faith, he, 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 he was so strong and grounded in his faith that God provided. And then in the next chapter, in First, First Kings, we, we know the story of Mount Carmel. And, and Elijah's up there, and there's the, there's the uh, prophets of Baal, right? Wicked men, worshiping false gods. And... and, and uh, he's so just 
so strong in his, in his faith in the Lord that he goes to these prophets of Baal and he challenges them. And Elijah says, you bring all your, all your men together and you bring an offering. You make up a, 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 a place to, to have a sacrifice and a burnt offering and you put the, the bowl on it. He says, and I'm going to do the same. And they both built their altars, Elijah by himself, and all these 450 prophets of Baal. And they're, they're putting the, the bowl pieces on there, and, and they're you know, doing what they need to do to make this fire come. And they says, but instead of lighting it ourselves, I want you guys to pray to your false gods until fire comes down. And then I'm going to pray to my God, and who, whoever sends fire down, we know is the real God. And they were praying all day long, and they were getting so discouraged, and they're praying, all these prophets of Baal, and, and Elijah's sitting there, and the Bible says, he starts to mock them. He says, maybe your gods are busy. Maybe your gods are, are, you know, are, are, are doing some things. Maybe they're here and there. Maybe they don't hear you. Maybe they're you know, taking a sleep or whatever. And they're getting angry. They start cutting themselves to do all these things, to please their false gods, to please just do something, send fire down. And Elijah's just sitting there waiting. And then it's Elijah's turn. He builds his altar and he, puts the, he cuts up the bowl on there and he builds a, 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 a what's it called? A drench, a trench around the, a big hole around, all around the altar. And they fill it with 12 pails of water. They bring four pails. They dump four pails of water all around this altar, all on top of the bowl and the offering. He says, do it three more times. They do it and they pour all this water on this on this altar. It's soaking wet. And then he says, God in heaven, you are the one true God. Send down fire. And fire fell from heaven. What an amazing experience. What a highlight of your walk with the Lord. To see, to call upon God. To see God's fire fall from heaven. To burn up all your water. All your bull meat. And to, and to put a shame these false prophets of Baal. To put the shame and to prove that there's one God. What an amazing experience. This guy was living high. He was like, man, I'm walking with God. God is pleased with me. This is great. I'm experiencing victory. I'm experiencing, you know, the chains are being broken in my life. Things are going real good. But then the very next chapter over, he's living it up. He's, he's the man. He's walking with God. And next thing you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. We see Jezebel come. And Jezebel comes to... The, the, the prophets of Baal are killed. And this enrages King Ahab, this wicked king. And he tells Jezebel, his wife, this wicked woman. And she comes to Elijah. And she says, you listen. She sends a messenger to Elijah. You tell Elijah that what he did to the prophets of Baal in terms of killing them is going to come to him in the next 24 hours. Right? That should not have even came and touched Elijah. That should have came, and he says, whatever, the devil's a liar, I have God on my side. I am strong in the Lord, amen? But instead, he took his eyes off God for a moment. He maybe put his eyes on himself because of this incredible experience, are you with me, that he just had. And he's living in the glory, so to speak. And when you're living in the high times, when God is moving, when God blesses your church with a great amount of money, it can be very easy if you're not careful to put your eyes on the money and take your eyes off God, even for a moment. And God says, no, even if I give you a million dollars, you still need me as if you had nothing. And maybe for a moment, Elijah took his eyes off of God because he experienced him in this powerful way. And the next thing you know, Jezebel threatens him. Just a threatening, just, just one you know, little line, you're going to die, I'm going to get you. And the Bible says that he ran in fear. He just faced 450 prophets. He just seen the fire of God come from heaven. And now he's running because a woman sent the little messenger to say, you're going to die. 
He should have said, no, 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 no. Greater is he in me. Amen? Amen? He ran, and he's hiding in mountains. And he says, God, I'm done. He says, let my life fade away. I want to die. Think about it. He has this amazing experience. And then now he's saying, God, kill me. I just want to die. I want to give up. Why did that happen? Because he took his eyes off God. And he started walking in his own strength instead of the strength that God can only give. And God comes to him. He says, what are you doing here? Get back to where I've called you to be. Amen? We need to be strong in the Lord. Every moment, literally, listen, every moment of every day, keep your eyes on the Lord, keep your heart meditating on His Word, because the enemy comes as a roaring lion to destroy you, to kill you, to mess up your life. If you aren't strong in your faith in God, if you don't have the Word of the Lord living in you, you will not overcome Him. You need the Word of God living inside of you so that you and I can overcome the powers of Satan. Amen? That's, that's where victory comes. That don't, don't rely on experiences. So many people rely on, uh, they want the signs and the wonders and the miracles and the power of God. But God's not wanting that. God wants to reveal himself in those ways. God wants to put, you know, perform miracles and healings and signs and wonders. That's all scriptural. But first and foremost, he wants his holy word living in your, in your heart, living in your life. Amen? We need to get our priorities right and just say, God, your word is all that I need. And from that will come everything else. Amen? Hallelujah. I want you to turn uh, to Judges 16, please. Judges 16. Turn left, just a few books. Judges 16. We find here the story of Samson. Samson was called to be a, a Nazarite. Samson was born set apart from all of the babies. He was, he was very special. God made him just incredible. And the Bible says that God gave him the supernatural strength in Samson. And it wasn't his hair that gave him strength. It was the Spirit of God upon him that gave him strength. But because of the, the laws of the Nazarite laws back then, they didn't want him cutting his hair and some other things. Don't touch a dead carcass. Don't, uh, I believe it was, don't drink alcohol, some others. But this, this baby, this boy, Samson, was growing in supernatural, physical supernatural strength. He was stronger than any other man. And he was growing up here. And we find with Samson that, we find that God has incredible plans for Samson's life. And all through the scriptures in, 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 in this book, Judges, you find on Samson that all through it, as he's living his life, as he's doing different things, the Bible says that, and the Spirit of the Lord would come mightily upon Samson. Read it. Read the story of Samson when you get home. You'll see it a number of times through, through his life. The Spirit of the Lord would come upon him mightily. The Spirit of God came upon him mightily. And he would do incredible things. Why? Because God, God's favor was upon Samson. God's, God had great things in store. God wanted to, to, to promote Samson into a great position of authority and, and, and just to, to use him for his glory back in these times. And that, that's who Samson was. But there came a time where he took his eyes off God. And he started breaking God's law. The, the law that God gave him. He started just doing foolish things. He would start having bursts of, of rage for no apparent reason. He would start just slaying people for, out, of, out of nowhere. He was starting to act in his flesh. He was taking his eyes off God. And there comes a time where he goes into a town and he sees a prostitute. And he sleeps with a prostitute. And then the Bible says he just moves on. Like it's no big deal. He just, he's taking his eyes off God. This strength that was in him. 
This call of God that was upon him is now starting to slowly fade away because he's taking his eyes off of God and the plans that God had for him. And then the Bible says he met a woman named Delilah. And Delilah, the name actually means seductress. I heard it also means to just, to just ease up a little bit. Don't be so serious in your walk with God. That's what Delilah means, the word Delilah in Hebrew. And so he meets Delilah and he falls in love with Delilah. And she's with the Philistines, his enemy. And, and he's, just, he's just wandering out there, just doing whatever. He doesn't even know what he's doing. He's taking his eyes off God, the call of God on his life, and he's just walking through his life trying to find things to please him. And he, and he sleeps with a prostitute, then he moves on and finds this woman, Delilah, falls in love with Delilah, and just is so messed, he's just so consumed with Delilah and the good life, and just taking it a bit more easy, not being so serious. And Delilah comes, and, and the Philistines are behind her, and, and, and she's, not, she's not with him. It's a false love, and she says, Oh, Samson, please tell me how you're so strong. Please tell me. And he would tell him something and it was a lie. And, and then he would, you know, he would sleep and, she, and she, wake up. The, Phil, the Philistines are upon you. And he'd wake up and he'd break the things that he tied her up with. And why'd you lie to me? Please tell me. Oh, I thought you loved me. This is all in there. I thought you loved me. Please, Samson, just tell me. Why, why are you so strong? Why are you stronger than any other man? What makes you so strong? What is it? Please, please, please tell me. And he's like, okay, I'll tell you. And so he gets a little bit closer and he tells her again, you know, take some ropes and, you know, make sure they're new ropes and tie me up seven times or whatever. You'll have, I'm just kind of paraphrasing. And then, uh, Samson, wake up, wake up. And he gets up and he breaks them like they're nothing. And she, and she says again, why are you lying to me? What are you doing? And, and again, the third time, she comes to him and, 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 and Samson, please stop lying to me. You, you love me, remember? Tell me the truth. And so, and as you read the three times, he gets closer and closer to telling her the real reason why. Right? It was, it was found, if his hair was cut, if, you know, he, he would lose his strength, the Bible says. Because the Spirit of God will leave. And so a third time, he comes and the same thing happens. He breaks it. He, what are you doing? So read verse 15 here. Judges 16, verse 15. Delilah says to Samson, How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. Think about that. This guy is getting annoyed. Woman, you've got to stop bugging me. You've got to stop getting in my face, trying to find out why God has strengthened me and what this is all about. I'm not going to tell you, but she pressed him. She came to him daily. Please tell me, tell me, tell me. And that represents the devil coming at you all the time. He'll come and he'll come back. You think he's gone, he'll come back again. Oh, come on, come on. Ease up a little bit. Come on, it's okay. Just tell me. Just come here. Just go. So we find here in verse 17. Samson told her all his heart and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. And if I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all of his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. Then she lured, or lured him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength, what? 
What does it say in your Bible? His strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before, just like the other times. I will go out before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. He did not know God left him. He, he finally gave in. He finally gave in to the pressure of this world. He said, fine, you can just take me. Just have all of me. My eyes are completely off God now. I'm just going by my feelings now. If you want it, you've got it. If you want me, world, take all of me. I'm yours. Maybe God will stick with me. Maybe I can have God and the world. Maybe I can walk with the Lord and do the things that I want to do. And finally, he said, fine. Just here, he poured his heart out. He told her the truth. And she knew it. And the, the Bible says they came and they cut the hair. And he thought it, everything would be fine. He thought it would all be the same again. Just like before. Nothing's going to change. And he had no clue that the Spirit of God that was once mightily upon him, many times, time and time again, was now gone and nowhere to be found. And the Bible says that they came and they took Samson. They bound him. They plucked out his eyes. He had no strength. If he kept his eyes on the Lord, he would not be in this position where he's at. He would be walking in the call of God in his life. He would be prospering. He would be just having great times of fellowship with God. But his eyes became on, upon himself. And they plucked out his eyes. And his strength was gone. And they put him on, a, on this turnstile and they, and they made him you know, turn this thing around. And they were mocking him. And, and finally one time they had a feast of 3,000 people, I believe. A number of thousands of people. And they said, bring Samson out. We're going to mock him. He can put on a show for us. And, and the guys came out and they brought Samson. He can't see. And they, they kind of put him uh, in this place. And he says, can you please just put me between the two pillars? You know, I just want to rest. Just let, me, let, me, let me go there. Between the two pillars. And so they put him there, and he puts his hands on the pillars, and the Bible says that he calls out to God. God, I know I shouldn't be here right now. I know that this is not where you have me to be. I know this is not part of the plan of God for my life, but this is my mistake, God. But Lord, here I am, and now I'm, now I'm so weak. I have failed you. I have fallen short. I have missed the mark, God. He says, just once more, give me strength. Once more, God, just give me strength one more time so that I might push these pillars down, that I might die with the Philistines, that I might die with the enemy. I know that this is wrong, God. Please, one more time, give me strength. And the Bible says that the God, God gave him strength once more. And he pushed those pillars down and they came tumbling down. Amen? He came. He was at this point in his life out of God's will. Nathan, you can come. He was out of God's will. He missed the mark. He took his eyes off of the Lord. He took his eyes out of God's word. The word of God, the truth of God, it wasn't in him anymore. It was at one point. But he started listening to the, to the lies of the devil. He started seeing what everyone else was doing in the world. And, and, and that word started just becoming exchanged for you know, more TV and more you know, media and more just fun and, and, and more worldly pleasure. Are you hearing me? And, and as the worldly pleasure would come in and take the spot of the word, the word would be gone and he wouldn't remember it anymore. And it wouldn't be living inside of him as it talks about in 1 John. 
No wonder he, he, he was overtaken by Delilah. No wonder that he lost his strength. Because he took his eyes off God. And he got away from the word of God. And he started walking the way that he wanted to walk. We must, we must be strong in the Lord. It's not in you. It's not being strong in what you can do. It is trusting God for the strength that you and I need every single day. Every single day. Because it's a fight out there. It's a fight for your life. It's a fight for your life. It is a fight for your soul. It's an eternal fight. He wants to wipe you out. But God is greater. And you can rise up by faith and receive strength from the Lord. You don't need to go the way of Samson. You, but if you have, if you have, if you've come to a place where you know you're out of God's will, you know you've missed the mark, you can say, God, once more, give me strength. He will do it. He will do it. Amen? Let's stand. Let's stand. Father, we thank you for your word this morning, God. Father, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, who gives us strength, Lord. Father, our strength is found in you, mighty God. You are so faithful, God. And Lord, it doesn't matter where we've come to in our lives. It doesn't matter what we've done, Lord God. It doesn't matter how we've broken your law. We can come back and we say, God, just give us strength one more time. And we can leave this place this morning being strong in the Lord, being strong in faith, trusting that God goes before us. And if God goes before us, nothing can stand against us. We thank you this morning, God. Thank you for your word, God, and the empowering that your word brings us, God. We thank you, Lord. We're going to sing this song and worship God. If you want prayer this morning, if you need strength from God this morning, you come forward as we sing, and I'm going to pray with you. If you need God just to touch you and to renew you and to give you such strength in your lives, you come forward this morning as we sing. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.